It doesn't matter how good our plan is, how solid our support system, how well-intended we are. Mm -hmm. If we don't have the time to get to what we care about, it can't be done. It can't be done. Absolutely. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Hello there, it's your gal Carly. Welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. And oh my goodness, do I have an unusual show for you today. So in order to understand the context of what you're about to hear in a moment, you've got to take a little journey back with me a few months to the middle of March. Now, in the middle of March, I was traveling into New York City to come be a guest on The Ginny Show at Metro Podcast Studios. At the same time, quarantine was looking like it was an imminent reality. Like this was something that was going to need to happen in the United States. I was literally on the train taking an emergency call, a boardroom meeting for a board that I sit on for an amazing school in Pennsylvania. And we're having to make some executive decisions to protect the self safety and well-being of the students and the school community pretty swiftly. And I get into the city with my partner. We're planning on having, you know, we had thought we were going to be having like a special birthday weekend because it was my birthday in preparation for this great opportunity to come be on the Ginny show. And within the course of 24 hours, we've got quarantine happening, school shutting down, and John and I finally had a difficult conversation that made it very clear that it was time for us to dissolve our relationship. And then I need to be on live camera, <laughs> right? So if you can imagine, my world is rocked pretty much to its core because I, you know, shared a house with my partner also. So that meant I'm going to have to, what, move and All of this is happening. So the world's trying to figure out what we are doing globally. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing personally. And I share all this with you in case you've also had this experience in your life, where when one area is going really well in your career, health, or relationship, another area might be going through radical change, that the things that are no longer of service can actually drop away very quickly, rather abruptly. And those growing pains of growing so rapidly can be quite uncomfortable, right? And here's what I've come to learn about myself, is that I speak best from my scars, not my open wounds. And so I had to make an executive decision while all this was happening, and my clients needed my presence as as a leader. What I was going to share and what I wasn't going to share right? And who would I only, you know, talk with in my inner circle, because this was also painful and tender. And who would I be able and or what would I be able to share, you know, publicly, what makes sense, because we live in a time where the word authenticity is thrown around a lot. And there's a big difference between speaking authentically and just disclosure, right? Just talking about all your business all the time. And I've learned that myself speaking just for me, I need space to process and I never know how much space that's going to be. Like it's different for every situation. There is no exact roadmap for how long it takes for me to navigate a change. And so I'm telling you all this because maybe back on episode 36, you heard me talk about how we as an organization, we do a culmination week at the end of every month. 
So what that means is I don't do any public speaking. I don't take any client coaching calls. We as an entire team, we get quiet and inward. We're still working, but it looks like us reading the books that make us better at our job or taking programs or what we do every single month is we look at, okay, what's working for us as an organization that we're going to keep doing and what's either a time suck or it's just not working that we either need to modify or get rid of altogether. And this keeps us nimble. It keeps us always evolving. It's probably the most life-giving and it's certainly one of the most profitable practices that we've implemented in the last three years. And so I realize now, having had a few months of being there for everybody else, that it's really time for me to start to culminate, not just on the professional changes that have happened over the last few months, but also on my personal changes. And one way that I culminate personally is through the act of ceremony or ritual. And that could look as simple as just sitting down with my journal and lighting a candle and just writing the words that want to come through me. Or sometimes it can look like actually creating a little bit of a ceremony, which is what I did with the ceremonialist that I work with, Georgia Wall. I reached out to Georgia. She is amazing. If you ever need somebody to help you create a ritual or ceremony for any event, I'll put her contact info in the show notes. And we created a little bit of a ritual for me to process, okay, what am I letting go of and and what am I welcoming in? And so I've been holding in my heart this idea of culmination before entering the new thing, before figuring out the new place I'm going to live or what a new relationship would even look like down the road, tending to what just happened because there's so much wisdom in the challenging experiences that we go through. And so when I did this episode, episode 36 on culmination, so if you're looking for a framework on how to culminate, go get that episode. There's a beautiful master sheet that's free that goes along with that, that will guide you through your own culmination process. But somebody on social media, I want to give a shout out, asked a great question. So the folks over at Good Dog Service Canines, they asked the following question. They said, hey, Carly, what does your team's level of involvement look like in culmination? And the answer to that is really kind of multifaceted. But the short answer is it varies depending on the team member and what their role is. And I've been thinking a lot about how powerful this practice is and what it would look like to bring the culmination work here to the podcast, both to the the four team members, Ash and Ginny and Sarah and Hans that helped make all of these episodes possible, but also to you in the Messy and Magnificent community. And it gave me an idea. And this is part of why I love the practice of culmination, because I tell you, when we are nourished, our parasympathetic nervous system kicks in. This is the part of nervous system that does most of our creative problem solving. And thanks to the question from the amazing folks at Good Dog Service Canines, I'm going to put a link to their work in the show notes too. If you know anybody who is looking for a service um, dog for children, they train dogs for people all over the United States. They're an amazing organization. Their leaders, Rick and Laura Sylvester, are people that I happen to know personally who I really adore. Through them asking that question and me sitting with it for a little while, I had an idea. What if rather than creating a brand new episode for this week, we went deeper into conversations 
that we're already having. Meaning rather than doing more, what if you got to hear a deeper conversation about some of the themes that come up? And as it happens, when I did that interview way back in March with Ginny, she asked me some of the most insightful, creative, and frankly, wildly specific questions that anyone has ever asked me. She wanted to know everything from what it was like for me to live on a tour bus with little Wayne for years or how I managed to get any work done when my former fiance passed away to what my morning routine actually looks like. And we had this really fresh, candid conversation while the whole world was changing around us. And so I reached out to Ginny and I said, hey, any chance we could share some clips of of that interview? And Ginny, in her extreme generosity, did us one better. Not only are you about to hear some clips from that interview that was all being recorded while this was going on in the rest of my life, but you're also going to see Ginny take over my social media one day between July 27th And August 2nd, we are going to swap the mic and she's going to share with you how she discovered her own voice and give you some tools and tips for discovering your own voice, which we all know as women is an essential and necessary practice if we want to show up for what we care about in the world. I share all of this with you because this idea that is now allowing me to connect with Ginny and with other really amazing people happened because I dared to pause and nourish myself. And there's such a myth in our culture that if we slow down, things are going to fall apart. And I got to tell you that every time I slow down, that's actually when things come back together. And make sure that we draw this connection between who we are on a personal level and the work we do in the world. Because make no mistake about it, the foundation of your career has always been you, right? And so your well-being is directly tied to the way you're able to show up in the world. And so I'm going to take this week to tend to my own personal well-being on a slightly deeper level. And Ginny Saraswati, award-winning media journalist, is going to take the mic. Hello, my friends. So, it's been 1,347 days since we've been in quarantine. (laughs) Okay, maybe a slight exaggeration there. It's been just over three weeks so far, but it feels much longer than that. Our day-to-day lives are very different from how they used to be, and it can be challenging to maintain our energy levels. This is a trauma response that we collectively as the human race, all seem to experience. We may need an extra nap, go to bed earlier, or sleep in that extra 30 minutes to take care of our minds and bodies. Everything is different and feels off-centre. And I'm here to let you know that if you're feeling off-centre, that's okay too. If today's guest Carly Fain has taught me one thing, is that we cannot expect what's normal from ourselves when everything else out there is just not normal. And that's okay. Permission granted to be not normal. We have our morning routine on our normal days, right? right? But when, but what if you're not having a normal day? Carly is the host of the Messy and Magnificent podcast, one of which I have the pleasure of producing. She's a celebrity health and business coach, and her approach to coaching high-achieving women is different. Different in the sense that it focuses on nourishing, breathing, and creating space for a thriving life. Imagine that, 
While everybody else is going big and doing more, we're going deep. We're getting focused. We're getting grounded. When people hire coaches, they expect to learn how to work harder, faster, and longer hours to benefit the business. But Carly sees this hustle culture differently. Squeezing in every single task, crossing off everything on your to-do list each and every day has proven not to be the way to have or generate quality time for yourself. Business is like your first cup of coffee in the morning. You feel like you need it to really get going and be productive. That subtle caffeine comfort fuels your creativity, ability to problem solve and alertness to your environment. But eventually, that cup of coffee's benefits is going to run out. No matter how many times you think to yourself, I just need one more cup of coffee, at some point, it just stops fueling you. If you continue to rely on it for too long, you'll start to feel more negative than positive effects. A caffeine crash, if you will. At some point, you'll need to find a sustainable solution. You'll need to sleep more, change your diet, and move your body. We will get more work done in less time. Okay. When you are in alignment with your values, that is how we begin to reclaim our time. That's how Carly approaches her coaching business transforming the hustle into the sustainable and becoming healthier and happier overall. Carly, thank you for joining me live. You're someone I have the pleasure with working with As a client and being a client too, you're a celebrity health and business coach and host of the Messy and Magnificent podcast. Welcome to the Ginny Show. It is such a joy to be here. Thank you, Ginny. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Now, I have so many questions for you because I'm a big fan of your podcast. Now, I'm very lucky that I get to work with so many fascinating people and the fact that they have so many inspiring stories. So I'm thinking, let's go into your story first. You work with overachieving women. Yes. (laughs) Now, the fun thing about that is normally when people hire coaches, it's to skill up. You kind of have to do the other way around. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. While everybody else is going big and doing more, we're going deep. We're getting focused. We're getting grounded. I think about running a business, Ginny, sometimes, just talking to somebody about this yesterday, in that there's three stages. The first stage is the hustle stage, right? We all have to make it work. We're getting something going off the ground. Stage two is where we get sustainable, right? right? This is where the hustle that got us a little bit of success or got the door open, got things rolling, is exactly what will prevent us from going to the next level because it's no longer manageable. You know, and then the third, of course, is creating a business that doesn't need us to run it. Right. Right. So yeah, it's a really funny thing to say, like, I'm actually here to help heal the overachieving population (laughs) and make sure that we can sustain what we care about for a long time. I think what you just touched on there about the population that we're heading into or the mentality at the moment being very much of the overachiever is that the internet is at its maturity at the moment. We're like 20 20 odd years into the internet, right? And there's people who have literally built businesses, billion dollar businesses off, off the internet. So there's this sense of, I guess, autonomy that the internet provides us. And I think sometimes, especially as women, when we go in and we build a business online, it's like, oh, we have all this time and we get caught up in the loophole of, 
I can do this from my desk at home. And then before you know it, you know, it's 10 hours. We've forgotten to pee. We've gotten to eat. We've gotten exactly. to go for a walk. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, we've, we're caught up in this vortex. Right. I'm curious to know with overachieving women, what do you find to be the number one blockage that they have in terms of getting stuff done? Like in terms of getting stuff done for themselves, I should be more specific. Oh, that's, that's easy. Um, <laughs> that's really easy. So wow. I don't know. You've probably heard me talk about this phrase. We call it popular isolation, right? right within right, my right. practice. And that's this funny phenomenon for driven women where you are around other people. So maybe you've got good friends or family or coworkers. You're not physically alone. And yet you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You yeah. feel like you have to do it all. The, if I don't do this, nobody else is going to do it mentality is really big when we're functioning mentally isolated from everybody else. And that leads to a, a sense of fear and overwhelm and never being enough. So when we're feeling the sense of popular isolation, we begin to bank on our intellect as our main resource. And it's one resource, but it's not the only resource. And our intellect does not understand time. Right. right. Our intellect is what will schedule 20 things on our to-do list for a day, regardless of whether or not that's realistic and have us perpetually feeling like we're behind. Right. So we talk a lot about the fullness and the wholeness of who we are and the other resources within our bodies. Right. right. So right. logic is essential. It's one of them. <laughs> but then we have our physical body, which is Absolutely. giving us information and other things, too, that we talk a lot about in the practice. So when it comes to I love your question about what's the number one thing that gets in the way. It's being secretly isolated, right. and it's not having enough time. I've come to learn. I'd be so curious about your experience working with so many people yeah. that it doesn't matter how good our plan is, how solid our support system, how well-intended we are. Mm -hmm. If we don't have the time to get to what we care about, it can't be done. No. It can't Absolutely. be done. Absolutely. So a lot of it is about learning how to reclaim our time, learning how to get clear about what we value. It's yeah. interesting that you just said that about how the things that we care about most we tend to put last. And I, I did this podcast, <laughs> I think, a, a couple of months ago with with Betty Jean Bell, and she said, if you keep putting is, if you keep putting other people first, you'll always keep coming last. And it's kind of very similar to what you're talking about yes. too. Now, I am also very curious because I've been doing a lot of reflection over the last six to 12 months on self-care, but also intergenerational trauma that's passed down and wisdom that's passed down and habits and all these sorts of things that we actually don't realize. Right. In this book that I read called Empowering Relationships by one of my spiritual teachers, she talks about how we have an inner parent inside of us. Mm -hmm. And that inner parent is a tape recorder of the past 100, 200, 300 years of generational wisdom behaviors, thought patterns that get passed down. Right. So what we're actually telling ourselves doesn't actually apply to what is going on in the current state of mind. Yes. So I'm curious to know, especially with women, Carly, have you found, because I know you work with women mainly, 80% of your, your clients yeah, are always women. Yeah, 80% of my clients are women. I'm wondering too, like, do you find a lot of this generational, a lot of these habits of sacrificing or being selfless in a way is a pattern or a behavior that has been embodied or modeled on what they've been taught? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> hands down. And I think, I think we're looking at two things here. When you say the word trauma, yeah. I, I, I want to dive right into that right. because you're talking about the epigenetics, right? right. Of, of what we now understand is the encoding within our DNA right. of past trauma that it gets right. actually being passed on generationally. And then we've got the trauma of being a human woman on planet Earth. So if you are a human woman on this planet, <laughs> right. you have experienced trauma, whether mm. that's big T trauma, like something 
huge and personal within your own life or the little T traumas we all go through right. of you need to dress like this. You can't dress like that. You need to say this thing. Don't say too much. Don't make a fuss. Don't be emotional. All that stuff that we've absorbed from a young age. And so I think this is really interesting. And Dr. Valerie Rain just wrote a book called The Patriarchy Stress Disorder. And so I've been really diving into her her work around this because what we're realizing is it's not just needing to have more courage to speak up. That's right. the issue. It's not just deciding that we're worthy of self-care. It's There's actually an imprint within us that tells us that it's not safe to be who we are because for hundreds of years, it has not been safe to be a right. woman on earth. And I live like up in New England. So like, you know, the Salem witch trials weren't that long ago, right? Yeah. In our history. Like, so, and so like that's around, that's around, that's where I live. Like that, and that's an extreme example, but a yeah. very real example, right? Like that wasn't that long ago. So we're healing our epigenetics and then we're healing our own personal experience at the same time. And I love this conversation, Ginny, because if there's only one takeaway from this, it's we've yeah. got to give ourselves some grace. Absolutely. We are the first generation of women who could even consider having a career that works for them. Yeah. Right? Like absolutely. the generations before us, just to get in the door yeah. was, was good fortune. They had to bust their butt just to get there. Now we're here and we're the first ones who are here and want to be true to ourselves at the same time and want to make sure that that happens. And so we're pioneers yeah. and we're talking about healing generations of trauma. And that takes a little time and a little Absolutely. grace. Because yeah. we are the first generation of women who have the privilege and the freedom to have it all, relationships, health, and business. Right. Because I think of my mum, she was a stay-at-home single mum. So she mm -hmm. looked after us. I mean, she did work for the first, I think, 11 years when my sister was born before I was, before I came into the world and gave her a lot of trouble and had to keep her <laughs> at home. But um, I, I, th I think about even like now, a lot of women are, are doing everything. They're having kids, they're the relationships and everything. So it is a very different generation that we're stepping into. Well, you talk a lot about getting clear on what you value, because mm -hmm. that is really the foundation, as you call the roots to rise. I use a lot of your catchphrases in my podcast, Carly. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Take, take them all. Take but them all. Um, how do you get clear on what you value? That, that's something that I've been really kind of trying to get focused on and be very intentional about. How do you, would you advise women to get clear on what they value? I think of values. Values are not logical. They right. are a sensation within our body. Okay. What we value is actually a sensation within our body. And so what I mean when I say that is, well, here, let's, let's cool through a live example. Like, let's, let's play this out. Let's do it. So tell me, can you think of any time, Ginny, when you were just like in the zone? You were having a day and it might be related to work. It might not. It might be recent. It could have been 20 years ago. Right. Were you just like in the zone? Things were just going your way and you felt really good. Yeah. That was like two weeks uh, before I got sick, before I got sick. <laughs> yeah. So this was about a month ago where I was very much, I had my morning routine now, things were easy, things were graceful, stress wasn't getting to me because right. I always went back to that place of stillness and nothing's urgent, Yeah, you know? It's, and I'm yeah. all cool, people calling me like, you're too happy today, I'm going to move on. <laughs> that was a place where I felt very clear and happy. Okay, so yeah. you're in the zone. Yeah. So bear with me for a moment. Yeah. Can you remember what it physically felt like within your body that day? Yeah. I felt, I think I went on like four walks wow. because I felt so energized and I had this energized. energy. Yeah. yeah. So I was walking around, I was listening to music. I was listening to um this really like campy song and I'm like, this reminds me of my clubbing days. <laughs> and you know, I was feeling nostalgic, but it was very much energized. I was happy and rested. So rested, 
happy, and energized. So these are core desired values. When you are feeling this way, you will be naturally more alive. Your parasympathetic nervous system will be able to come to the helm. And that's the part of our, that's our rest and digest part of our nervous system that allows us to see more solutions and possibilities. So we will get more work done in less time when you are in alignment with your values. And so this is, this is kind of a fun and interest, I think, fun way of looking at what we value because it is not always logical, right? So what you're saying I value is being energized, you know, feeling rested. You're feeling happy, unreasonably happy according to the other people in your life, right? Unreasonably happy. And that felt great. Fantastic, yeah. And when when we do this exercise with clients, every person's answers are different. So just yesterday, a woman said, oh, I feel like things are smooth. And I said, smooth. Like when I'm in the zone, things feel smooth. They feel fluid. It feels like water. There's a sense of flow, right? Yeah. So we want to make sure women who have the resources to have what you just said, what I call the big three, thriving career, health, and relationships, right. they start the day with what they value, not just because it feels good, but because it actually prepares us to do better work in less time. And that is how we begin to reclaim our time. Because we will begin with a little bit of practice to notice, oh, I do not feel energized by this thing, right? right? Or this feels the opposite of like going for a walk. I feel like I want to curl up in a ball. And those become the tasks that we can begin to let go of. They were never ours in the first place. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So start the day with what you value. Oh, yeah. That's what you, okay, that's the key takeaway. Yeah, because here's the deal. If we don't consciously pause and create the life that we want, we will unconsciously live the life handed to us by other people. So true. That's what it is, right? So if we don't start the day, and when I say start the day, I mean for the three minutes between when you turn on your coffee pot till you pour it in your mug. Like, what could I do, for example, that gives me a sense of being energized or being happy or my other client a sense of smoothness, right? So that I'm operating fully resourced. Yeah. So all my resources, all my mental faculties are on board for the day ahead of me. So you use the teacup analogy a lot where, Mm. you know, if you look at a cup and a saucer, so everything in the cup is for you and everything in the saucer is the abundant energy and, and that you give to everyone else. Yeah. So you would say when you start in the morning, when you start with focusing on what you value, that's filling your cup. Literally what you're talking about, the coffee pot, it's yeah. literally filling your cup. Right. So what is your morning routine, Carly? I'm curious to know. <laughs> this, is, this is really fun. So, And I want to put this disclaimer out there. My morning routine took me years to get together. Same with mine. Here's yeah. the thing about self-care, because you brought this up earlier, and I, I'm having a real aha around self-care just in the last few weeks. The thing about asking a busy woman to do self-care is that it feels like one more burdensome thing on her yep. lists of tasks that are already a mile long, right? And so I've been really thinking a lot about the need for women who are feeling really isolated or overwhelmed to have community care. Yeah. We need community care, 100%. right? Like we, we don't need one more person telling us that all the things we need to do, you need to get a massage, you need to meditate, you need to breathe, <laughs> you need to do, you know, 20, 20 minutes right. of yoga every morning, like, right? right? So we start with the smallest, smallest steps and then we add on. So I would say my, just disclaimer, my routine took years to get here, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and it happened, you know, in stages. Right. These days, um, I wake up. I put some hot water on. I, I'm making porridge because it's wintertime, so I get the porridge going. Yeah. And I, I journal. I write 10 things I'm grateful for. Sometimes those things are as simple as, I am so thankful that I have ink in this pen. 
Like there are days when that's the best I got. Yeah. You know, the crap yeah. hit the fan the day before and I'm just not feeling it. And I am so thankful that it is dry where I am sitting or that there's heat in this house, right? Sometimes I can be really thankful for my partner, John. Sometimes I can be really thankful for bigger things, right? Yeah. But sometimes that's all I've got. So I do that. And then I go move my body, yeah. right? For 20, 30 minutes on most days in whatever way my body wants to move. Like, so sometimes it's really vigorous. I'm learning how to dance hip hop. So, nice, like, so like, that's a freaking workout for me yeah. right now. But there's other days when it's like glorified, just rolling around stretching. Like <laughs> yoga would be generous to call it yoga. You know, like this is <laughs> yeah. like, right? gotcha. um, I eat my breakfast, I take a shower and then the, the official workday starts. But here's right. the caveat. My workday started when I made that hot water. That is part of how I run my business. Nobody else sees it. Nobody else needs to know about it. But when I made the correlation between me getting what I call my, my daily thrive practice time in the morning done, that is the thing that has made the single biggest impact in my business. 100%. Right? So now that I no longer see those as separate things, I don't actually see it as self-care. I'm a driven career kind of person. I see that as business care. Yeah. Now it's non-negotiable. So I would say my whole shebang probably takes me like an hour and a half. And right. that's not realistic for most people, right? Like that doesn't, yeah. we don't start there. No. We start with three minutes and then yeah. four and then five. That's fascinating. I, I really like the fact that you've kind of put it in a way, especially when you're coaching business women, I can understand that if you see it as separate, the way their mind goes is, well, if it's separate, I'm going to exclude. But if you now see it as all encompassing, it's a necessity for your business because your business starts with you. Yeah. And even if it, if you don't run a business, whatever you're doing full-time starts with you. You know, yes. you're holding a position in whatever company that you're working for, it starts with you. Yes. Yeah. The foundation of your career is you. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're not well enough to get to the office or well enough to hop on the phone or do that presentation, everything else falls apart, right? That's so so. It's, it starts with us and, and we're whole beings. The Genie Show. The Ginny Show. It's freaking hilarious, except when it's not. Speaking of whole beings, now (laughs) there's these questions. I I love that I share your podcast with so many of my friends around the world. You may have noticed your listenership in Australia may have increased over the last. It has increased. I have (laughs) seen a spike in Australia. My girls, Emma and Kim, listening. Hey, Ginny's friends. (laughs) So there's some questions that have come up that we'd love to ask from you. So you've been very open about a loss that you experienced of your former fiance. You've been very open about it on your podcast and you talk about it in your coaching practice. There's been some questions around like, it happened suddenly for you. Right. Like you were on a plane and you got the news and you literally had to disconnect because you were about to take off. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I could not think of a worse way to find out yeah. something. So I'm just, the curiosity in me is that, you know, you're such a together person and you coach people to thrive and you, you lead a thriving lifestyle. In that time, what happened? Did you fall into a depression? What What did it look like for you? How did you climb out? There's so this many questions. The best freaking question. <laughs> I love this question because... We hear so many stories of, you know, something hard happened and yeah. now everything's good. Yeah. And there's a big juicy middle to that story. Like it is not an overnight shift, yeah. right? Yeah. So here's the thing that people who are able to integrate experiences that I've, I've noticed know. Right. Is the first step is we give ourselves permission to feel it. That's where we start. Permission. Like permission right. to feel right. it. So when something has changed in our personal life, we're going to have to change the way our work is. It is yeah. unreasonable to expect ourselves to operate the same on, on every single day, right? 
this was one of the worst, best things that ever happened to me. Worst, best things that happened to you. Okay. Yeah. And the I way say, that you phrase that was one of the worst, yeah. best thing that ever happened to me because so here I am, your typical overachiever does the most running her business. I just make a huge transition where I stopped working on the road with celebrities and was repositioning my business to work from home, which meant we needed like new clients and more revenue like yesterday. And Adam passes suddenly. And so my biggest fear was the entire business is going to fall apart because I can't do everything I used to do. And I couldn't. So the the best part, now I now understand of that, was that I couldn't pretend to have it together. And that right. was the first time in my life where I, I was such a freaking pro at pretending to have it together, which is both a skill and it has a real shadow side. Yeah. Right? Like a Absolutely. real shadow side yeah. for obvious reasons, right? Um, and that it's not sustainable. And talk about popular isolation, right? So having to like wear this mask. So if anybody just said hi to me, I burst into tears. I mean, I was useless. I couldn't get off the floor. I mean, I had friends just come pick me up and put me on a sofa. You know, it was like, I just couldn't, wow. like, I was useless. And the best part of that was that I, A, helped me get clear on what I value because I couldn't do everything. And so I could only do the bare essentials for running my business. And you've heard me say this before, the end of the year, we had made more money and had better clients than the three years prior to that. Wow. And it was because I was no longer trying to do all the things. I was just doing the things that mattered, that the business needed, that nourished me. And so that was a game changer. So yeah, I would say hot mess, deeply hot mess, terrified, scared, also really alive. Okay. It felt like somebody had taken a highlighter to the experiences of my day. And so grief felt highlighted. It felt bigger than I could imagine. But when somebody was kind to me, that kindness felt bigger than I could imagine. When somebody wow. was, you know, short-tempered, it felt so short-tempered. When somebody was generous, it was like, wow, that's the most generous person I've ever met. It was just, I became more alive. Grief for those who survive can make us more alive. It expands our capacity to feel. It's a bridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was listening to your podcast this yeah. morning. For those, about you know, if, yeah. if we let it, and I, yeah. and and it's not the natural go-to for everybody, right? right. Like because because right. the, the, the inherent part is I just want to curl up and not talk to anybody, and and there's that was a really appropriate thing to do. Yeah. And also, like that's and, the and right. Yeah. We talk about and a lot. Yeah. And also, I've been more alive ever since. Wow. Yeah. You did say it's the best and worst thing that happened to you, yeah. and you've you've kind of given us a summary as to why. Another curious question for you, Carly. You talked about the shadow side to putting up the front that you always have together. That is something I can totally relate to. I think one of my first breakups that I had with my partner back 10, 10 years ago, I think I told my family like four or five months after because I kept it together. And obviously they could tell something was up, but I didn't right. share it. And the interesting thing was that I think for me, since I was a child, I didn't realize that I have this habit of just being so contained. Has its perks, obviously has its strong suits, mm -hmm. but also has its shadow side, like you said. Right. And, you know, it shows up in its way. Oh, yeah. Do you think this experience was, you know, Oprah calls the whispers to a scream. I don't know if she coined that phrase, but that's right, the, right. where I heard it. But do you think this was a situation that made you, that led you to really be like, I cannot pretend anymore? Yeah, it cracked me open. Yeah. It, it cracked me open. And yeah. it was painful and terrible and wonderful. Painful and terrible and wonderful. Okay. They're, they're, they're powerful words. They're powerful words. What kept you going in that time? So I know you said you had friends who came over and picked you up. Mm -hmm. Support network and community, like you mentioned, is super important in times yeah. like these. What else kept you going? Permission to 
two, you know, it's really interesting that you say that. I don't want to answer too quickly. Like I want yeah. to give you like a really true answer. So definitely the support and community, right? And also giving myself permission to not be in community as much as mm. I needed to. Letting myself off the hook a little bit, right? right? Like right. permission to not leave the house for four days. Permission to wear the same pants, Right. For three days. Like, just like, so a little bit of just wiggle room, permission to not be normal because circumstances aren't normal. Gotcha. It's interesting you say that because what I'm hearing is just permission to not judge yourself, really. Yeah. Just get yourself off the hook. Yeah. Just let's just get through this. Right. Because I think I find too, when we go through these experiences, we're so quick to judge ourselves. And then we kind of, it it doesn't allow us to heal. It just puts a Band-Aid on something that will be ripped right. off soon, Yeah, right? it's salt in the wound. It's like, how yeah. much salt am I going to put on my own wound here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay, so let's kind of rewind back. Now, <laughs> Spice World was one of my favorite movies. I owned it on VHS, <laughs> the time where there was tape recorders. And I was fascinated by the tour bus lifestyle. Right, because they got to go around on a bus. I don't know. I know it was fake, right. but you know. So tell you used to you used to do that in your celebrity coaching days. Yes. So I'm fascinated about the tour bus lifestyle because <laughs> for me, I don't know. Living on a bus for me would be like I would feel like claustrophobic, mm-hmm. and I would also feel like okay, this is cool. We're moving, right. but it would also feel like you know, it's it's almost like you go into work and you sleep at work and you wake up at work oh, yeah. and you're surrounded by work. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting words in your mouth, but tell me what it was like for like you. Like all of your normal human boundaries are <laughs> gone. Like you know your coworkers in ways you don't want to know and right. vice versa, right? Like they, yeah. we all know far more about each other's business than we all want to know. Because I was going to say like, and, and I know this is a little bit going down toilet humor, but like if someone needs a bathroom, you know who's used the bathroom. Yeah. Like it's like yeah, yeah, this yeah. is awkward. I'm yeah. not going to say anything, but this or is we do. Oh God, there'd be crazy fights. Like you did. You're like, who left the seat up? Who did that? And you know, like you know who was in there last, right? And it's yeah. hard to pee neatly on a tour bus when it's moving, right? Exactly. So like, there was a lot of heated conversations, right. potty conversations going on. In fact, yeah. I have I could share a story. I had one client who who banned all the men on the bus from being able to use the tour like bus to use the bathroom while while we were driving because they just they just couldn't aim. And they're like, that's it. You have lost potty privileges. Like rest stops only, it's guys. Like this is the deal. Yeah. So your basic human privacy is really altered when you're living on a tour bus. That's for sure. For someone who needs boundaries and space to <laughs> breathe that you talk about, how did you cope with that? There was no space so, to breathe. I, I remember this moment. So um, one of the clients that I worked with for years, Little Wayne, right? And I think part of why we got along so well was because we were just, we're so who we are, right? right. We, we're really different in a lot of ways. We're actually pretty similar in some ways, but but like we, I think we respected each other because we're so who we are, right? right. And I remember like when we would stop, so the average tour bus right. can go 15 hours before it needs fuel again. And so that would be a norm. Like the drivers don't drink anything, like no fluids so that they can get, you know, to the next, <laughs> to the next truck stop. So it might be 15 hours before we get off a bus. And I would find like one patch of grass outside that bus and I'd take off my shoes and just put my feet on the earth. It was like, wow. I just physically needed to feel the ground. Like it got very little, yeah. like talk about wanting to be grounded. It was like, you know, and Wayne would be like laughing and smiling out the window, like Carly's <laughs> doing her feet thing, like a weird feet thing. Um, and it's like, that was one of the little things that, that kept me sane. Do you know, I read somewhere in my gratitude diary, because it has little passages in each day. And it said that introverts especially need that. They need to feel the earth on their feet. Yeah. That's Ooh, something that makes that's sense so, to me. It makes it, and yeah. even with me too, like I'm like, I need to go for a walk. It just, right. it just the feeling of your feet. Cause it's, I, who was it? A spiritual teacher also said to me that it's your feet where 
it's a touch point of where you connect to the earth. So that's where the mm. energy kind of comes into your body. Right. So when you think about that, I can understand why introverts, they, they need to recharge solo. Yeah. And the earth is obviously the source that we get right. our energy from. So that's fascinating. What would you say, other than, you know, getting your grass time, Carly, <laughs> what was your, what was the highlight of being on a tour bus? Oh, the highlight of being on a tour bus. Well, a lot of it was just seeing the world, right? right. So getting tour, you know, through all the states, except I have not been to Alaska yet. I've been like within miles, like a few miles of Alaska, but that's the only right. U.S. state I didn't get to go to. But in other countries too, touring through Europe is just getting to witness the world, right. you know, getting to see out the window that what makes um, our country what it is. Yeah. There was also something really interesting for a short period of time, for a few years in not having any control over my days. I would wake up. So so my business model was such that I would be contracted by one high-profile person as a time to be their live-in coach. Right. And so I was on call for that person 24-7, literally. And so, really? yes. So you would get calls when you were sleeping at 3 a.m.? Oh, definitely. 100%. Huh? Okay. 100%. Yeah. So without having your morning routine. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is <laughs> different. Yes. Right. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up <laughs> because that's the thing, right? So we can have, we have our morning routine on our normal days, right? right? But when, but what if you're not having a normal day? Yeah. Like, and this is such a make it work kind of thing. So yeah. I had a travel yoga mat right. that I would unroll next to the bus when we get to the venue. So while my client would be like doing, you know, in wardrobe, getting ready to go on stage, right. I would be doing yoga, you know, on concrete outside of the bus for seven minutes. Cause that's what I had. Right. right. Like it was like, I knew I wasn't going to get the full routine, but that didn't mean I wasn't going to get anything. Yeah. So, yeah. so the little, the little pieces. I yeah. like how you said that too, how if, well, what's not a normal day? You've got to treat it like not a normal day. Yeah. Because the past two weeks I've been o- overcoming a flu, uh, not flu, a cold, Careful, yeah, but uh, <laughs> people are going corona. No, no corona. <laughs> uh, I'm good, thankfully, and I hope you are too. But um, I've just noticed too that it's completely thrown me off. And I'm like, right. and I felt not starting with that. I, I really felt the other side of it, what I hadn't been experiencing at the start of the year. But it's true. And I had to give myself that grace. And I'm like, you haven't been feeling normal. Therefore, your days are not going to be normal. Yes. And that's fine. Yes. Yes. That's it. Like, <laughs> that's, that's it. it. Right. That's like, it. if that's, if that's our main takeaway here, like, that's it. We are not robots. Right. And I think we've been taught, use the word fragmented earlier, right. which to me hits a nail on the head. Like, we have been taught to see ourselves as fragments. Yeah. Here's my work life and my home life. And here's my friend self and my sister self and my colleague self and my boss self and my spouse self, whatever. Yeah. And there's no such thing. Like those are great mental constructs. But the truth of the matter is we are all one whole being. And so we can't expect to be able to turn things on and off like there's dials. That's all of nature has rhythms. All of nature has seasons. And we are nature. Like we are animals, right? And so those rhythms impact us. When we can start to recognize our own rhythms rather than fight against them, immediately we have more energy. Immediately we begin to spot time sucks because we know what does and doesn't make sense for us. So I'm so glad you brought up this idea of, A, what is normal? It's really like, what's my normal on a normal day? And And then what's my contingency plan? Yeah. For when the crap hits the fan. Like, what is normal going to look like on a day when I'm sitting in the hospital with a loved yeah. one, right? Yeah. Like, what does a break look like that day? Maybe it's just breathing three times while you're washing your hands, right? Like, maybe that's as good as it's going to get. And it's yeah. something. And it's okay. And it's okay. 
And yeah. I like how you didn't say but. It's all and. And. and, and. and. It, it's true. Because that's fragmenting, right? That's fragmenting. But is fragmenting. And, that, and then maybe that's why you're helping me realize that it may be not normal to say things like it was the best worst time or that it was terrible, wonderful. But like, but that's the truth that's of it. That's the truth Cause, of cause it, Because yeah. otherwise... I feel crazy. Yeah. If I if I look at all the different emotions that I have throughout the day, they are the emotions of a crazy person. Like up, down, I feel positive, I'm so confident, I'm terrified, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm so I'm so sure. Like if I like listen to the circus in my mind, that in and of itself is fragmenting. Yeah. But the truth is, I'm not each of those things. I'm all of those things. Or all all of those things. And you're experiencing all of those things. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true too. And I, I've also been practicing saying things like and instead of but and practicing instead of trying because yeah. it's trying. I think there's this energy around it that sounds hard. And when mm-hmm. things are easy, and I know you've said this too, when things are easy, it's more graceful. For all of us, isn't it? Like when things are easy, when you can literally get a microphone that plugs into your computer and you can record something. Right. Easy, right? Yeah. Or you could come to a studio. Easy. Right. So I think when things are easy, it's easier or it's it's, you open up for more grace for yourself in your life too. Yeah. Plus when they're like easier things are the things that get done. Yeah. Like that's the other thing. It's like, so we'll all have hard challenges or things we're growing into and and there's space for that. But like the day to day, there needs to be a lot of doability built into the day. Like the the tasks we're acting of ourselves need to be doable. Yeah. Yeah. If we want to experience that, that grace. Yeah. Okay. Well, Carly, I could talk to you for hours, (laughs) but I know I've got to wrap this up, but I got to ask you, what is lighting you up at the moment? My nephews. Yeah. My nephews. I have to say. Right? Like, they're I, just, they're, so they're, they're, they're three in a year and a half. Yeah. My sister and brother-in-law make the cutest human beings ever. It's their sense of wonder and curiosity um, and presence. They teach me about presence. Like, they yeah. are so in the moment. And, you know, if anybody who spends two seconds with a toddler knows, like, you can't do anything else. Like, you're no. <laughs> like, and so I get to be fully present. And at the end of the day, I feel like that's, that's my value. Right. Yeah. Like, and when we're present, I can't worry about the past. I can't worry about the future. No. We're just right here in the moment with each other. There's real connection. So I would say, yeah, your little nephews. people. You know, when you when I see photos of your nephews on Instagram, I think back <laughs> to my time with my niece. Now I got to pretty much be with her for the first seven eight years of her life. So it was really hard moving to New York and, and leaving her behind. But so when I go there, she kind of. I also say she's the beneficiary of Ginny Media because she spends all <laughs> our, all our profits. No, yeah, I'm joking. But like that time with with I find children teach us so much about acknowledging our inner child, especially because. When we're running businesses, we're in such adult modes. We have to look at profits and bottom lines and how do you make people perform better and how do you light them up? But things like, you know, drawing or coloring or just looking at like a sand castle and making it the most fascinating thing on earth. Isn't that amazing? For no cause other than joy. Exactly. For no gain other than joy. And I think you're so right. As adults, we think there has to be a productive, quantifiable output for each action we do. And that is the quickest way to squash our mental faculties, right? Yeah. So room for play, room for joy. Essential. I think joy should be the, what we aim for. With anything. Mm. It's that vibrational state that I think that if we're not feeling joyful doing what we do, yes, we'll go up and down, like you said. Right, right, right. But going back to that joy, and I I know your nephews bring you back to that place. (laughs) For me, it's like, you know, a a deep conversation with someone or like, you know, Mm. these sorts of things. It brings me such joy. I think that is, and that's what I I like to talk about in the show, that bring that 
How do we cultivate that level of joy? So would you say your definition of joy is that presence? With presence. People? That's yeah. joy. That's joy for me. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Carly, thank you for joining me on The Ginny Show. I've got to have you back. Thank you so much. <laughs> Count me in. Anytime. <laughs> I am have you so back. here. Any excuse to hang out with you is a good day for me. It's a good day. <laughs> thank you so yeah. much. Well, there you have it. (laughs) I want to know from you, what is one thing that stands out to you from my interview with Ginny? For real, if you're like me and you rarely rate shows or leave reviews, I encourage you to head on over to iTunes or any social media platform and answer that question. I want to continue this conversation with you, especially if you're craving more community and you want to be around other people who are authentic. I read every single review, and I would love to know you. And I'm also going to put links in the show notes for how you can connect with Ginny directly. I cannot say enough great things about her podcast, The Ginny Show, and how it's one of the shows I listen to on a regular basis. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including yourself, and I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.